Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. We are at episode 71. How's it going, Nick? Yes, very good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. Not bad. What's been happening? I've been trying to sell my flat. I've been trying to sort out a trip at the end of October. Those have been like the main things in my life. What about what about yourself? I was actually in London at the weekend, but I didn't see you. That's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Yeah, you didn't even tell me. Well, I no, did tell I, you. I joke. He did tell me. He did I f- tell me. I figured He the gave fact me plenty was, of notice. The fact that I'm going to see you in two weeks' time anyway is kind of like... Exactly, yeah. ...supported that decision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit tight on time. But yeah, I was down in London for a disco festival. How was that? Which, which was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots of dancing, lots of drinking though as well. So getting older, harder harder to get over these, yeah, these type yeah, of events. But yeah, it was good. It's good to be back in London. My first time, well, I can't, can't remember the last time I was in London. A couple of years ago now. Pro- yeah, probably when you first started doing this this podcast with me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the tickets were originally booked to come down um, a long time ago, and I just had right. to kind of use up the, the the rail vouchers that had been refunded because of like the pandemic or the cancellations. So, um, yeah, not much has changed with London. Still the same. It's still there. But yeah, you're coming up north in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so we are going to a gig together for the first time in a long time. When was the last time you and me went to a gig? Oh man. You I mean you 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 probably definitely know which one it was. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh I'm going to say I don't know good Charlotte. Um I think you're probably right actually unless unless we count Red City Radio when I mean you primarily came down to to watch my band at the time that was that was opening for them but Yeah. That that was the last small gig but big scale gig was uh was yeah, Good Charlotte at Brixton nearly four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. Canal. So, so this time we're going up to see. Well, our, our friend Rob is playing in Elvana, who we've mentioned on the podcast before, and uh, Lovebreakers are supporting, which will be the first time. Obviously, well, we talk about Lovebreakers a lot on this show since, ever since we had them on, and it'll be the first time that we see them see them live, which which I think we're both looking forward to. Yeah, definitely for sure. Been looking forward to. That moment for a long time, so um, and yeah, good. It's in the northeast, and good that we're together for it, and good that uh, we get to see our old drummer, drummer Rob, as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, should be a, should be a good night. Although I have heard from Rob himself that Elvana do um, a two-hour set, which which I'm slightly concerned about. If, um, wait, have you never seen Elvana before? I've never seen Elvana. Well, <laughs> well. I I have seen Elvana many times at this point. You know, whenever they come through London, I always go along to see them. Has the set, set got bigger as as the years have gone on? It's always it's the set's always outstayed its welcome. It's always been horrendously long, and like I I don't feel bad. You know, I'll say I say this to Rob's face, and he ta- he takes it well. You know, yeah, Rob's not actually approving of the two hour set himself, so <laughs> I don't think so. You're definitely not offending him. No, it's a very long slog. It's a very long slog, so yeah, be prepared. But I kind of come and go when they're playing, you know. Okay, cool. Well, if we get all access passes, let's hope we've got a good, good rider then. Yeah, yeah, and we can do. We can just make sure, make use of that during the two hours. Set. Sounds like a plan. Do we have anything? Oh yeah, I I sent you some songs um, that we could have potentially discussed in this intro. Have you had a chance to listen to any of them? 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Briefly. There we go. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that's that's something we can we can fill this void with uh, before we get to the interview. Yeah, I mean the the last gang stuff. Oh, I think did I not? I sent you them a while ago, didn't you? They, you like, did. Song yeah. by that those yeah. guys and knew there was an album coming, but yeah, there was. I'd ha- had no idea the new record was out. So thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. Came just came um, out last Friday. What did you think of it? Uh, I I need to need to give it um, a bit more time, but I mean, it sounds sounds great. Sounds right up my street. Yeah. Um, kind of got that distillers stroke interrupters kind of. Kind of vibe with the female female vocals and just kind of just good poppy punk rock. I think really, yeah. Uh, not like I mean, it's not pop punk, but poppy punk rock is that is that a thing? Or I just, am I just making making, making I mean, that? You are making that. Do, up. Do you, you you get what I'm saying, though, right? Like up, interrupters. Like... You wouldn't say interrupters are like a pop punk. You wouldn't yeah. say interrupters are punk rock. You would kind of say that poppy punk rock. <laughs> yeah, so you are making it up, but I completely understand what you mean. You get, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They're, I think they're a, a similar, yeah, similar style. Yeah, yeah. It's a certain, it's a certain stream of of punk that you get, isn't it? That's it's not polished like pop punk, but it is kind of it. It's the kind of sound that belongs on Fat Records, which it is on this case, or on Hellcat, like the Interrupters are. You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot about the band, to be honest with you. Let's see, other than, you know, Fat Mike's kind of sounded them out. But Yeah, um, oh, um, I saw uh, Yotam produced it. As, uh, well, one of the producers on it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Yotam was in um, Useless ID. It, so he's one of them. Let me just look at the credits here. Yeah, so get this. It, it, so it's produced by Yotam, Fat Mike, and Cameron Webb. So it's kind of, that's, that, that's a pretty good team they have there. Nice. Okay, that's a shame we didn't even think to. I know, I didn't, I didn't it. know it. I don't, I don't remember him mentioning it in terms of stuff he's done recently as well. So uh, yeah, that's a shame we didn't talk to him about it. But um, may, actually, may, maybe this 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 band could be a good sort of future guest actually, so we can ask them their side of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know what they got. Uh, I don't know any idea how long they've been been here. An item for? Like, um, no, but I'm looking. I'm looking at their page on Tidal. Yeah. And, and they haven't got a great deal. They didn't have a great deal of material when I when I kind of stumbled across them yeah. after like Fat Mike posted posted about them. So yeah, this is this is their second review. full length, and okay. the first one was only 2018, so it doesn't seem like they've been around too long. Nice one. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, let's see if we can get get one of them on on here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was a couple of songs I really liked on this album. So, what's the uh, record called? Uh, for it, our is, it is called Noise, 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 and it's on Fat Records. And the band is called The Last Gang. So check that out. Yeah, cool. I'm definitely going to get into it a bit, a bit more this week. Cool, me too. And uh, I sent you two singles. What do you think of them? I sent you Point North. Yeah. Oh, that that that's not a promising sign for Point North. No, they're just—it's not—it's not for me. Not not my jam. Have you listened to much say. of their other stuff? Yeah, yeah. I would. Good, I mean, this is definitely sounds. Excuse me. <clears throat> sounds a bit more of the kind of overproduced, overpolished kind of stuff. Yeah. I guess the older stuff was a bit a bit less so. Not really, not really my thing. I assume you're you're, you're a fan. 
Mm, uh, I by that reaction. No, 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 no. I, 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 this one, not so much. It's all right. I re- they, they've had one because they, they've had a couple of singles this year, and there is one called Nice Now or something, which is really good, really good. I mean, it sounds like they're shifting their sound to sound like that whole Machine Gun Kelly strand of pop punk, but it is it's done very well. I th- I, I think you'd like that song definitely. Cool. Okay. Mm. And then finally, Nothing Nowhere had a song. Like, Nothing Nowhere. There's loads of hype about that guy. I didn't, I didn't really get it at all. Whereas this song is just straight up pop punk, which is. Yeah, it's a not decent track, done. actually. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I hadn't heard, heard of him at all, if I'm honest, and listened to some of the other stuff, and I was just like, mm, not really yeah. feeling, feeling the other stuff. But that, that, that song definitely is a standout. What's it called again? Uh, Pieces of You, I think. Yeah. Yeah, if he kind of shifts in this direction, I'll be more interested in him because I haven't, yeah, I, I, I couldn't get into him prior to this. Yeah. No, it's a good song. I saw he's done that track with Kenny Hoopler as well. Yeah, yeah. Who was still yet to come on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, even though he was booked. He was booked. We, not, not last bad. I spoke to the publicist, they said we can have him in February when he's back over, apparently. So, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to hold them to that. Yeah. We'll win back round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sam Fender released his new album. Yeah. Last yeah, weekend. Last yeah, weekend. And it's been tipped to go straight to number one, actually, this Friday. So, Is it good? Um, I mean, his strongest songs are the ones that have already been released, I would oh, say. It's got oh, a couple okay. of... Okay, that's always a bit disappointing. A couple of, a couple of other good ones on there. But yeah, go check it out. Local lads, doing well. Hopefully number one this weekend. Getting into this episode. Yeah. So we had uh, Nick Thompson, singer of Hit the Lights, and his own solo project, Thief Club. Nick and I have been fans of Hit the Lights for years and years, so this is always going to be a fun one for us, and turned out it was. So here is our chat with Nick Thompson. How how should we do this? When I'm addressing (laughs) one, how am I going to do this? Shall I say, I'm going to say... Just say Nick, and I'll just not acknowledge being called Nick. (laughs) I'll just okay. not be called Nick for the next, for right. the next hour. Nick Thompson, Nick Thompson, I'm just going to address you as Nick. And this Nick, the other Nick, I'm, I'll say wasting time, Nick, when I need to wasting time, speak Nick, to you. Gosh. Okay, let's, let's do it that way. So, Nick, massive thanks for your time. Haven't had a chance to say that yet. Thanks for Absolutely. This, thanks man. for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. I guess, um, do, you, I mean, do we want to start, what we, I guess, go back to what we were just talking about there, kind of where you are in the world right now. And um, Yeah, that yeah. seems a good place to yeah. start. Yeah, sure. What life looks uh, like at the moment? Yeah, um, I live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, um, right by the beach here with uh, my wife and two cats and a dog, uh, and uh, it's lovely. I have no complaints. I was just telling you guys, we were our 2020 was a bit different from a lot of other places because we didn't have a, a big mass or like a lockdown or anything. Our stuff was opened up uh, in May of 2020. We were like one of the first places, so... While we were like a COVID hotspot at the same time, it was relatively normal aside from wearing some masks, which uh, I know is way different from most of my friends and in different parts of the country sure. and the world. So I, I couldn't complain. I was telling you guys in retrospect now, looking back, I'm grateful that, uh, you know, 
it wasn't such a such a weird oppressive time for us we kind of lucked out with it i mean did you have much in i mean was it bad in the way of fatalities there as a result or was it was it was it It wasn't too bad i mean we had we were a hot spot for a while just because especially too when you're the first people to open up like everyone comes there so like we did our quarantine and our quarantine was awesome because we had beautiful weather and like your beaches had never been cleaner. I could like walk my dog everywhere, you know, when it's usually supposed to be busy and it was just like, yeah, that was awesome. Um, but as soon as we opened back up, everyone just flocked here and just trashed the place. <laughs> Didn't oh, wow. give a fuck. Um, we had, yeah, we've been a hot spot a couple times for, for COVID stuff, but that being said, a lot of other places have too. Um, right. but in the grand scheme of things, it's, you know, I think my wife eventually she caught COVID uh, this past month, so we had a really good run uh, where she caught it, and um, I obviously was in quarantine with her because she had sure. it. Um, but I only lost my sense of taste and, and smell, and that was the, the least of my worries too. So we had a very mild um, okay experience, thankfully, because I was vaccinated. So I right, think that right. really helped. But yeah, so we kind of lucked out as long as we could with that, and then it finally finally got us eventually. But that's and presumably you're both okay now. We're okay. It's just a mild brief. We thing. made okay. it through. Yeah, we did have um, my father-in-law. Um, he almost died. Oh, he got oh. it, and uh, he had one of those things where a lot of these people, uh, especially when they're bigger people too, um, you guys might know this as well, but um, it just puts you down and you don't move at all, and what happens is your lungs end up filling up with a lot of fluid, mm-hmm. and pneumonia hits the lungs. And if you don't go to the doctor in time to start getting that treated, uh, you're done for. That's they'll first they'll put you on a vent, and if they can't get your oxygen levels up, they intubate you. And once they intubate you, there's you're pretty much just going to be brain dead, and they'll let you go. So it got right on the verge for him, and that's what's been happening to a lot of people who you know who end up succumbing to this. So scary shit. Yeah, out the other side, hopefully now. Uh, well, I mean, was much was much impacted for you, and what did what changed for you? when everything stopped i guess really did you have much in the works from a i guess music wise i mean how yeah what was that initial impact like for you so we started off 2020 uh, it was awesome because um, i have a little side project called thief club yeah. and um i was able our, our friend masa who runs the label over there brought thief club over to uh do a couple shows in japan so i took my wife and i got to take my friends and we spent you know like a week and a half um well i guess two weeks technically uh, in Japan, right when stuff started to get really weird, like my wife and I stayed for an extra week by ourselves in Tokyo, and we were just watching mm-hmm. the news and things were getting. Should would we see go like, home on our, like, Yeah, you would. We would see like the U.S. news and stuff like that, and and obviously Trump was on saying like it was it was nothing and it's a Democratic hoax. But then we're also seeing all the other news outlets from around the world saying like shit's getting bad. We're like, yeah. are we gonna get stuck over here? <laughs> so we like got back yeah. pretty much right before the world shut down. Um, I had some stuff booked for Hit the Lights and Thief Club that obviously all shut down. Um, and I just kind of had to reevaluate everything. I got into live streaming for a bit, which I feel a lot of people kind of fell into that too. Um, sure. And that was that was a lot of fun. I should still do more of it. Uh, and then from there, um, I, I kind of ended up, that's when I kind of decided to uh, start uh, learning how to just record everything myself because <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere to record my own songs. I always like to, uh, I love to take my songs to producers and just get all my stuff out and then make them do all the work of mixing and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, the yeah. best thing in the world. Just leave it and then let them deal with me. But for this pandemic, that's kind of pushed me to, it's like, all right, well, you have nothing else to do and in time to do it. So it's time to learn what you should have learned a long time ago. So well, I mean, what have you been, what have, been, have you been using? Uh, I just use Logic Pro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Logic Pro has been great. 
and yeah, just recently we recorded and released my first uh, Thief Club song. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, songwriting and and features and stuff for other people. And uh, yeah, it's been a new little adventure for me. And you know, COVID sucks, but I can definitely thank it for pushing me where I probably should have been going anyway. Okay, so so that Holy City is that the first Thief Club song that was essentially that's all, all me by you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. We'll, yep. we'll get into that a bit more. I think as we get as we get on with this. One thing I did want to like I noticed that you did the other week. Uh, you made it to to Riot Fest, right? Just wanted to ask yes. you a little bit about that before we get into other stuff. It was a lot of fun. That was my first Riot Fest. Uh, Hit the Lights was supposed to be on a couple years, and we always ended up having tours that uh, had proximity clauses, so we wouldn't we weren't able to do Riot Fest, uh, uh, which is yeah. a bummer. Still on our, our bucket list for something for HTL yeah. to do. Um, yeah. But my wife has, had been going for years before, so she got tickets, what, I think it was 2019 for mm-hmm. 2020, and obviously got pushed back, so we finally ended yeah, up going. Um, I don't know if you guys have been to Chicago, but Chicago's an amazing city. Um, my, some of my family's from there. It's awesome. Chicago's just, just a wonderful city, so it yeah. was nice to go and revisit it. Was it, like your, was it like your first kind of like big like show or like festival that you've done after, after yeah. everything? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it was funny being on the the other end too of uh, just being just there to watch. Being a yeah. punter, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But what was nice is all my friends. It's been like uh, Kevin from Hit the Lights. He was uh, he played in uh, he plays in a band called Joy Wave. So I got to see Joy Wave for the first time. Got to see Kevin. Like I, I would just be walking around. I get texts from like all my friends, past touring friends. Like, yo, are you a ride fest? You know, like they ended up working for all the bands that were there. So I got to see ton of my friends i never expected to see too which was fucking awesome well, that's it's just cool. ex- extra special isn't it now as well like those and we talked about it a lot over the last year or so that like when things open again there'll be just a real like just a real buzz and appetite for like live music you know and absolutely be there it's just you know just 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 cool in itself you know yeah and everyone was great there you know i um I, I've been to like a lot of uh, other kind of festivals, but they were like different uh, things, like EDM festivals and stuff like that. And everyone's always yeah. very nice, obviously, and all on like nice, friendly drugs and stuff. So I was curious <laughs> how this one was going to be. Uh, but uh, weed is recreational and legal in Chicago, so like, you just smell weed all day. And everyone was super nice, even security and stuff. Everyone was great. This, the festivals run so smoothly. I, with all the work that goes into that kind of stuff, I'm just especially with checking vaccination cards and all that stuff. They, they ran it really smooth. I was very nice. impressed. Nice. Who were, who were some of the standout acts that you saw? Um, well, I got to see Slipknot for the first time. I've listened <laughs> yeah. to Slipknot since I was in high school, so that was cool to finally get to see them. Um, Fever 333 was always going to be sick. Excited to see them. I was excited to see Joy Wave because I hadn't got to see Kevin sure. play with them yet. They were yeah. awesome. Uh, Ghost Inside fucking ripped. It was great to see them. Devo played, and I had no idea how many people give a shit about Devo. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they had a massive crowd. Everyone was so happy. <laughs> I was like, who are you people? Why are we listening to Devo? But it, it was wonderful. So I think, what else stand out? Oh, Run the Jewels. My wife and okay. I are huge Run the Jewels fans, so it was yeah. great to get yeah. to see them. Uh, they always put on a fucking killer show and are very positive, have very, very uh, wise and inspiring things to say on stage. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but overall, it was it was just great. Gogo Bordello. I mean, Anthrax had to play a little bit. It was such a wild lineup of just yeah, a plethora awesome of different lineup. genres. It was very cool. Cool. I, I guess, Chris, should we just kind of maybe look forward a little bit before we kind of go back? I mean... What, what we generally do with these things, Nick, is just kind of a bit of a walk through. 
I guess the history of your career and hit the lights and, okay. and you know the walk through the ages. But maybe just where we are at the moment. I mean, let's let's look forward a little bit. You want to talk a little bit about Thief Club and that starting up and and where you see that going. And I guess we can get into what the future of Hit the Lights looks like. Kind yeah, of absolutely. Pandemic and what have you? Sure. Um, Thief Club kind of started out as. Um, it was really a way to get just a bunch of songs that I've been written, uh, that I had written off my chest. Um, Hit the Lights, we signed to Universal and we're on Universal for about three years, just writing and writing and writing, trying to get uh, the okay for a record. So in that process, there were a lot of uh, songs that I had written that I really liked, but they just didn't work, you know, with what we were going for. Um, right. And I think, especially after our Universal experience, you know, where you're just in with different producers all day, and oh, so many songwriters that all have different ways to do it, and, and uh, me personally, and I think some of the other guys can relate to, um, was just fuck mentally drained, and just not confident in my songwriting anymore. Took a year off of music completely with that because we were just, you know, depleted from from all that. And I think slowly I kind of like came to my senses and, and brought myself back to writing music just for the love of it rather than trying to write for the radio or write for someone else. Um, and that's where a lot of these older songs that I wrote for Hit the Lights that didn't work out came into play. And I was like, I'm going to get these released just kind of for my own sanity to get it out there, you know, so I can move on as a songwriter too, you know, get these ideas yeah. out and uh, bring those to fruition. And then I can kind of move on with what the next step is for Hit the Lights and myself. So that's how that came about. I went to Rob Freeman, who did a ton of Hit the Light stuff, an amazing producer, and um, he helped me kind of bring these songs to life, and uh, people liked them, which was really great. I never planned to tour on it or anything like that. It was always just a creative outlet for me, and that's kind of where it's been since. There hasn't been really, like, any style or um, uh, genre I'm go I was going for. It's whatever whatever I wanted to write, Thief Club could be an outlet for that. Um and that's kind of where it's been. It's been a very, um, I would say, unfocused project of just releasing things in my own time with songs that I like. Uh, but I think I'm getting ready to take a new turn with it, too. I finally have an idea of where I want uh, Thief Club Glow in the future, so I'm excited. I'm doing a little rebranding, and uh, I'm going to get real weird with it. Real <laughs> weird. Nice. It's been a yeah. while now, actually, because like, yeah, you know, I think those first songs appeared probably 2013, like the year after Invictus. Yeah. So we're going on for like, well, it's eight years, I guess. Yeah, know, it so. gets weird. It's getting yeah. weird real fast. <laughs> so now, yeah, now I've just taken on um, slowly recording my own stuff, mixing my own stuff, just cracking into that uh, that whole can of worms that that is uh, can be scary. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. So now, like the the live things opening up again. I mean, you say so you you know you, you started it as a you know just a, a writing piece really for you and mm -hmm. releasing it. And I mean, c can you see now potentially getting getting that into venues somewhere? Or yeah, and I fun? think what really I mean, um, I'm really happy at my house, being at home with uh, my little family and stuff. So if I am going to go out to do any type of touring, it needs to be something that's like worth it. Probably do a couple of days or so because I am really far away from everyone else in the band too. I'm like the only one down here, kind of secluded in Myrtle Beach. So when we book shows and stuff, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot of money that's going to go into uh, bringing all my stuff up there, getting everyone yeah. together, the practice and stuff. So um, once everyone, I guess, is confident enough with with the time, and if we have some shows that make sense, we'll we'll do it. 
And we were originally supposed to do shows uh, in 2020. We had some um, in in the spring, but obviously that all got canceled. So there's always that um, that possibility now. It just has to make sense, and it's going to be enough yeah. to want to get me out of my comfort zone down here. <laughs> uh, wasting time, Nick. Shall we? Uh, I can't believe I remembered to say that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but I've got a few questions like throughout the, the career of Hit the Lights, per se, that you know, I wouldn't mind asking this, Nick. Yeah, should, we, should we kind of dive into it like that? And uh, Nick, I promise this isn't just going to be a, a tedious walkthrough of the career. You know, like there's there's little things throughout the thing that, you know, hopefully you won't be asked a million times before, but we'll do our best. Yeah. Should, uh, I should appreciate we dive it. into that wasting time, Nick, do you think? Yeah, go for it, mate. I mean, yeah. Did you have, a, did you have any thoughts on where you wanted to start? Um, yeah. Well, I suppose right we could start. No, well, not necessarily right at the start because you know, like from for, like my experience of hit the lights. Obviously, you kind of like it felt like you exploded on the scene in sort of two thousand and six. But I guess you'd been going for a couple of years then because I remember there was the EP, and I want to say like you know the likes of Absolute Punk were all over that. But I feel like sure. the, the record started with a reference to a bad review you'd had on Absolute Punk or something like that. If I remember, correctly. <laughs> yeah, the call that, out. Yeah, yeah, that's. So like I think a lot so like a lot of people in the scene were talking about hit the lights. You were getting on some tours and stuff, and then you put out that 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 first record. But yeah, yeah, that's right. You kind of referenced like someone who gave you a bad review, which I remember thinking was so cool at the time. But I'm remembering that right, am I? So edgy, dude. So edgy. <laughs> we'll get you. Talk shit about my music. Yeah, that's that's so funny. Um, so hit the lights. Technically, I think started in 2003. They yep. started as a four piece. Um, I joined in 2004. Okay. Um, before I hit the band, they did have one uh, EP that they recorded. It was like a four-song EP. It was called, um, I think, Leaving Town Tonight. Um, and that's where uh, songs like At Six, We Go Live, and um, what else? Uh, Loose Lips, Sink Ships. Some of the songs ended up on our next EP, which right. was Until We Get Caught. Um, kind of came from that. But Until We Get Caught was the first one where I was in the band and writing songs with Got the guys. Okay. Okay. Um, and that took off on Smart Punk. You know, you guys remember Smart Punk? Yeah. They're still, yeah. they're still doing shit. Are they still, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're releasing vinyl and stuff for a lot of bands now, I see. Um, but that's, you know, I think we ended up like number one on Smart Punk, which was like the Ohio kid's dream. Like, fuck yeah, <laughs> you know? Because we started this band, Hit the Lights, just to, to get out of Ohio, you know? So like yeah. our... Our idea of making it was like, yo, if we can get to Chicago and sell out a show in Chicago, like, that's it. Like, we've done it. So there was such a great reaction to that EP. Um, we had a bunch of labels approach us. Uh, ended up settling on Triple Crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Fred Feldman, one of the the best dudes in the game. Um, and, yeah, that's when we ended up going and uh, recording Stick Up and then just touring our asses off for, you know, two years until we broke Colin <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then had that little kerfuffle where we looked for a singer for, you know, a year until we just settled on me. Cause we really had no other choice <laughs> and uh shout out to Fred Feldman from triple crown. Again, he gave us the freedom to just make the record we wanted. Yeah. Uh, we went with Rob Freeman, took a chance with, with that dude who, um, you know, was still up and coming at the time and he just murdered it. Uh, and th- the rest is kind of history. And then Skip School did even better, which was a shock for, I think, everyone. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, kind of, what, what age were you at the time where you were just kind of starting to navigate your way around that Ohio thing and 
getting together? Was it you were still high school kind of? Uh, right out of high school. Um, yeah, I remember we played a skate and surf festival, um, and I we played in uh, the, at the Stone Pony this bar. And as soon as I got done, I had to just go and wait in the van because I was under twenty one. <laughs> So everyone got to go out and party, and I just had to just hang out in a van. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so Stone Pony yeah. is in, like, Bruce Springsteen fame. Like, uh, the, the Correct. Main, main Asbury Park in New Jersey. Yeah, and that's yeah, where Skate yeah. and Surf was. Uh, Skate and Surf was renamed a later Bamboozle. I don't know if you guys yeah. hear that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking killer fest. I don't think they do it anymore. And maybe they'll bring it back at some point. But, yes. Fucking killer fest. Uh, okay. I mean, I feel like you skirted over. This is a stick-up, like, a bit sure. there. But, I mean... You know, because for me that was, uh, you know, I got into Hit the Lights at that point and was a huge, huge standout record for me at the time. I mean, awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, how did that record develop? You know, how did you, yeah, I guess, write it, you know, record it? I mean, can that just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that, um, that writing journey. process was after, you know, we ended up signing with Triple Crown. Um, obviously, we were writing a bunch of songs. Um, and we were just grouping. We all were there together in a room. I was thinking it was me, Colin, and Omar that really hashed out like a bunch of the stuff. Um, as far as that goes, you know, even, you know, I, I think we knew we had something special. Um, especially like playing like Body Bag the first time and stuff too. Yeah. Like yeah. the. It's like, oh, this is fucking, yeah. I think this is might be something. And from there, we got to choose producer and we went with um, Matt Squire, who at the time uh, he had done the receiving end of Sirens. Um, and he had just done Panic at the Disco, their first record, a Fever right. That Won't Quit or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but he had, he had worked under um, Brian McTernan, uh, which was a huge producer in our day who'd done any, everything from Thrice, uh, Fairweather, uh, The Strider, just so many of these bands that we grew up with. So um, Matt Squire at the time had moved into Brian McTernan's old studio, which was Salad Days, which, again, had... The amount of, like, Cave-In, uh, dude, just the amount of amazing bands that did records in that recording studio, um, it was a dream to, like, just fucking be there. Be like, holy shit, we're writing this record, you know, in this place with all of our favorite bands. This is the first time with, like, a real producer, too, who was, you know, had no problem tearing apart our songs and telling us we suck. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, at the time, you know, like, we're wide-eyed Ohio kids, so we're just like, this is amazing, you know? So like, you were, you were receptive to that? You weren't, like, oh, yeah, cool, absolutely. Like, precious about it. That's always good, yeah. Yeah, and it's a learning experience, too. You know, the more you work with producers and stuff, the more you kind of learn you know, where you want to put your foot down or where mm -hmm. you need to open your mind a little mm -hmm. and, and listen and try new things. Um, but it was a very positive experience. Matt was an, the, probably the best producer we could ask for. And uh, we were – it was in Belleville, Maryland, right outside of D.C. Um, and it was October, beautiful weather. And we just drank 40s and made a record, and it was it was awesome. Good times. Yes. And I can't do 40s anymore. I'm too old. <laughs> I guess the same year of that record. And I assume these were your first times in the UK, because I remember seeing you. You came over and played the Barfly in Camden in London. Yeah. Yeah, and like... I I that, saw you at Glasgow Academy. I'm sure with with newfound around that. Yeah, well, that that was well. after. Well, maybe it was around. It must have it must have been yeah, the same trip. Yeah, yes, yeah, it was. So the Barfly was our one off from yes. the tour with early November and, and NFG, yeah, yeah. which in itself was fucking uh, you know uh, 
NFG was obviously a huge inspiration for us. So yeah. the fact that we got to go over them, that was our first time overseas. I remember getting on that double-decker bus we had, and my mind was fucking blown. It was amazing. Um, and then the, the energy that, that you guys over there brought to like all the shows. I remember that Barfly show. It was like our first one off, and it was sold out, and it was fucking insane. And we were just like, this is incredible. And the UK has always been like that for us you know yeah it's always yeah. been so receptive and and uh they just go nuts and we appreciate that <laughs> I, I mean i guess from uh obviously stick up came out and really blew up and you you say touring went touring went crazy from from that point onwards i mean was there anything i mean what was the i guess the trigger i mean what would you say kind of got got you kind of that um, recognition and got you on these big tours. Was there a defining moment at, at any point? Well, we, we had a great team. We had a, a booking agent, Matt Galley, who was booking for, you know, tons of people from Mike Ham and stuff like that too. So we had, we had our team that was able to get us on these amazing tours, you know. Um, I think our first official tour that we ever did for the team was uh, with Piebald and Hot Rod Circuit. Oh, um, nice. And that was fucking, you know, that oh, amazing. Nice. Um, and then from there, we went to, like, I think Hello Goodbye. That was when Hello Goodbye just, dude, that was insane in itself. Um, we, they put us on all types of tours. We toured nonstop for about two years. Um, obviously got on the, the Newfound Glory tour. Over here, Cartel was on it as well. Yeah. Um, we just got on those perfect tours that put us right in front of the, the right audience, you know, where we could just go out there and rip, and everyone was like, ah! So it was... It was awesome. We just lucked out on having a good team and picking good tours, and obviously that's that's like ninety percent of exposure. And I suppose you were just kind of j- joining like a genre that w- it was really kind of. Well, would you say it was at its peak? Or was, I mean, definitely around that time, you know. Like, well, let's see. New Newfound had just released "Coming Home," which okay. is well, maybe a little bit later on then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they they did Coming Home, which was a record I don't think anyone expected from them. And still, one of my favorite Newfound Glory records. It's the tops for me. But um, I think they had come off. I think Catalyst was the record before that, too. So, yeah, yeah, they had, um, you know, I think they were experiencing some growing pains because they were trying to play the new songs and people weren't getting as much into it. So, yeah, there was like a little pivoting turning point there. But that being said, I mean, Newfound doesn't need any help getting, you know, getting or keeping fans either. But it was one of those tours where you could tell they were kind of like bummed on the reception of a record. Mm. Um, and okay. we were like, dude, this record's fucking amazing. <laughs> people, if they don't get yeah. it now, they will get it later because you guys, you know, you guys have made one of your best records. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a wonderful time. Like I said, Cartel, some of our best friends, they were on that tour. Early November, uh, wonderful friends too. We shared a bus with them in the UK. And uh, it was just everyone on that tour was was awesome and nick speaking of that tour i promised a, yeah. a friend of mine um do you remember a guy called ollie mcpherson like i think he talked with you <laughs> i talked time? to ollie constantly yeah oh okay so you know him well he's definitely a talker I know ollie like very I, well. yeah i talk to oh. him on the phone sometimes um he'll give you his opinion no problem yeah, he'll yeah. Let you know. <laughs> yeah i know him well enough <laughs> to know that but like I, I hit him up the other day and i said that we had you coming on so he had so obviously he had a couple of things he wanted me to say so and <laughs> I bet he did. Yeah, and so on the subject of the coming home tour, he says, and I'll read it word for word from his text. Ask him about getting lost in Birmingham on that coming home tour. So is it was is there a, a weird story around getting lost in uh, Birmingham? Yes, yes. This is like a, a nice turning point in my life. Okay. Um, because obviously we got to the UK and uh, you guys do some drinking over there. 
and we like to drink. So uh, one night after, I believe it was, it was in Birmingham. I think we played uh, the Academy, I assume. Yeah. Uh, but we went out to some bars. I ended up having too many snake bites. And <laughs> yeah, coming to, and I was just walking the streets alone somewhere. Just totally fucking lost. Had no idea where I was or anything. Uh, There's a group of guys coming by. And I asked them, because there was a taxi's coming to and stuff, and I was asking them, like, they could take me to the academy, and nobody knew what I was saying. So, maybe my my speech was so slurred, too. I don't remember it being slurred, but I was like, why does no one know where the academy is? But I was probably like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, I asked these gentlemen coming by, there's a group of maybe five of them, uh, if they might know where uh, the academy was. And all I remember is uh, just getting a fist to the face, just like, bah. Oh. And okay. I was like, oh, shit, I'm... I'm about to get mugged. And I remember the one thing I said after I got hit, I was like, oh, man, that's not cool. <laughs> and then uh, then I got hit again, and that's when just fucking adrenaline hit. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of like, boo, like my system rebooted back online. I was like, yo, you need to get the fuck out of here. And I swung on a guy, uh, hit him, definitely broke my, my pinky knuckle <laughs> on that, and I just took off running. And... All I remember is just running as fast as I fucking could, not looking behind me. I didn't care where I was going. I was just fucking taking off. Like, these guys are going to beat my ass. So I finally, I run until I cannot run anymore. I turn around. No one's behind me. I don't know if they, they probably just watched me run off. <laughs> but um, I ended up right in front of a police station. And um, so I go in, I buzz the thing. I tell them I'm an American. I'm lost. Uh, they're like, "Get a taxi." And I was like, "Dude, I'm trying. Please, just help me get them." So they let me in, and thankfully, Ollie McPherson and yeah. uh, our good friend Evan Thomas, who was our tour manager at the time, yeah. Obviously, they everyone arrived back at the bus for bus call, and Nick wasn't there. No, no one remembers when the last time they saw me was. Uh, so they started calling around to police stations, and thankfully, like, "Yeah, we got a drunk American in here. <laughs> Says he's Nick. Come get him." So they came and got me, um, and then the story doesn't end there, because I obviously got back to the bus, lesson learned, I'm like, well, I just need to fucking take it easy and not be such an asshole when I'm drinking. Um, so I wake up in the morning, and I hear our bus driver, Steve, who's a fucking saint, um, talking about, he says, your mate pissed on the bus. And as he says that, I get a flashback of myself sleepwalking to the front of the bus on top because it was a double decker and I whip my dick out and just start peeing on the on the windshield down there and Steve the bus driver we were stopped at like a gas station I think but he's just sitting down waiting for the, the bus to fill and he's just seeing this water come down oh, and he's God. like it's not raining looks up and it's me in my fucking drunk dazed stupor just pissing down the front of the fucking bus window <laughs> and he didn't beat my ass he yell at me or anything he fucking apparently cleaned it up he was such a, a fucking oh, saint <laughs> um yeah so i woke in the morning and after that i was just like you know what i'm done i'm i'm not drinking to excess like that anymore and kind of maybe uh actually maybe smoke a lot more weed <laughs> and that uh that helped me out that uh kind of flat me out and right. um yeah so that was my lesson um it was a terrible one to learn but one that i definitely needed and i came back Safely, thankfully, and, um, you know, pissed on a bus. So, <laughs> USA, yeah. There you go. I think, uh, and the other thing Ollie wanted me to mention, I mean, this is just a bit more broad, but he says, let it ride tour, just 
mention that because he says that was one of the best tours he's ever done. Oh yeah, dude! What a wonderful it, lineup, all time low. Valencia, okay. um, just surrender. All of our best friends were on that, um, and that was like one of our, that was our first headlining tour in the states too. Oh, nice! Um, a lot of fun. Okay, well, um, I guess I mean let's just touch on the kind of Colin Colin period and Colin moving on. Sure. You, you say I mean was that just just got wiped out from like the relent the relentlessness of touring and yeah the monotony the relentlessness um i think he was struggling with his faith a little bit too where he wanted to be and you know we were definitely a party band so doing that every night after night um you know and while our band was blowing up we weren't necessarily making a lot of money either you know Mm -hmm. um so while we'd be making money and stuff like that that would all go to managers and lawyers and stuff um and Colin was a little bit older than all of us too, so I feel like he oh, kind of had okay. that mindset of like, you know, things need to happen sooner for me in order for me to be comfortable. Um, and eventually, just settled, you know, as someone who didn't want to be on the road all the time, didn't want to do that, which I totally understand. That's that's how I am now. So yeah. <laughs> I think Colin was just ahead of the curve on that, whereas yeah. the rest of us were very hungry to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just kind of burn him out. You know, he's a <laughs> talented, wonderful dude, and uh, it's just. In the end, just something that he knew wasn't for him. Did, I mean, did you see it? Did you see it come in? I mean, were you prepared for it? I mean, what was the initial kind of reaction yeah. from you and the rest of the guys? Like, there'd be a, there'd been a couple more times, uh, periods, even you know, in the middle of making like stick up and stuff like that, where he had shown his um, his hesitancy toward really fully committing to this lifestyle, you know, and he had talked about wanting to leave before. So it wasn't shocking. It was more, we were bummed. We wanted to have Colin. Obviously we all loved Colin and, uh, didn't, didn't want him to go. We want him to be with us. Um, by the end of the day, you know, if he's not happy, he's not happy. There's nothing, we couldn't be mad at him for that at all. Yeah, of course. Um, so step in, step in Nick Thompson. You say you were like trying to, trying to figure out something else out. I mean, did you, I mean, what, what did that, what was that? Did you did you audition anyone? I mean, how, we auditioned how far, a yeah. bunch of people. Yeah, okay, the, okay. I mean, it might have been brought up like once or twice. Me maybe taking over vocals, but I've never never really sang for a band, and I didn't want to. <laughs> I was right. perfectly happy playing guitar, doing my backup vocals. I love doing that. Yeah. So we figured, especially this was when MySpace was really blowing up. So we're like, you know, we'll put auditions out and stuff. We have to find someone. There's got to be someone out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got tons and tons of auditions and a lot of great people. Um, at the end of the day, not only did we want someone who was talented and kind of the same vision, excuse me, vision for our songs, uh, but we also needed someone that was going to get along with us. You know, we had a yeah. great dynamic already with everyone in the band. And we, you know, it, being in a band is a social experiment in itself. You're in, you are in a van close quarters with all these personalities, nonstop days and days on end. Uh, and, when someone doesn't mesh with you, that can ruin everything. You can put a wrench in a lot of gears in the flow. So has to be right. That's kind of what. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of something we were really unable to find where we were confident in. Hey, this person's going to come on, and you know, we have this common goal. They were. We would get one or the other. You know, really talented people that wanted to do maybe different types of songs. Right. Um, maybe people that weren't as reliable or someone we couldn't really count on. Um, and it went on for about seven months, which was ex- which is exhausting. A long time to be searching for a singer, um, and especially sitting where a band that was sitting on, you know, a new record we had to put out, and we were losing all of our momentum as well. Right, right. Which is something that 
really in, in the end pushed us. Um, so me singing at, at the end of the day was just a, literally a last ditch effort, our only option. Um, and it ended up working out because I think that a lot of people already knew that I was in the band. So it helped. It wasn't a new person necessarily yeah. stepping in as yeah, it was, hey, you know this guy already. And let's see what he can do. And thankfully, people were really, really open to that. And uh, the rest is kind of history with you know the acceptance and stuff. And uh, something I never thought I'd be doing, but I'm, I'm they thankful. They worked out. It worked out right. Yeah, absolutely. It did work out. I you know I remember the time that um, skip, skip school, start fights. Like I thought it was better than the. I mean, you know, Nick, you were saying how much you loved the first record. It, it, I didn't love it. I thought it was all right. But that's when I really started to really be into your band was upon that 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 second record i think uh i thought it was a step up at the time and i I think that you know like it was uh kind of a a new newer sound from stick up um Mm -hmm. but it was a little more focused and you know coming out of stick up i think we all kind of learned especially myself um you know i was kind of starting to learn when I could put my foot down and say, no, this is what it needs to sound like. This is yeah. what we need to do, you know? Um, so it was great. And of course, Rob Freeman was, you know, could not have done any of it without Rob. He had such great ideas. The dude's such a talented guy um, that getting in a room with him and stuff with all the production um, was was just a blessing. And we had enough time to do it too so we could really spend our time making sure all these songs were exactly how they needed to, uh, how they needed to be and all fit in together. And uh, like I said, Rob was an invaluable part of that. He he really helped to bring those ideas together too. Yeah, and it was received pretty well, as far as I remember. And you guys continued to do decent tours around that time. Correct we did. Yeah, we got our team put us on great tours that would just you know yeah. That that's always half of it when you have those record releases. If you don't get on those good tours too, um, it can really kill a record. And we just had just just one after another of these amazing tours we got to be on, and uh, you know our record ended up doing great again so it was kind of like you know this is nuts yeah. <laughs> i can't believe it's happening yeah yeah and then so did did universal come on board kind of off the back of that and yeah universal you, came so yeah. we had a two record deal with uh two records and an option with fred um yeah. and we we closed all those out um we ended up doing for warp tour in 2009 we released an ep called coast to coast yeah yeah um, that fred said you know hey i'll put this out for you guys um but he wanted to see us kind of move on uh, to a bigger label as well. Um, in retrospect now, you know, getting on a major definitely wasn't the move we should have done, but um, I, you know, being on a major to us at the time was the the defining moment of when you know you had made it. Yeah. You know, like if you had made it to a major label, you did it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the irony of that is, you know, it's pretty much what ended up killing a lot of our um, momentum you know, being stuck on a label trying to write radio songs for a pop punk band when they don't necessarily want a pop punk band. Yeah. And that's the classic. You can hear that all day from every other band that's well, signed well, a you know, we, we've heard it there. from guests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you know, we obviously, you know, we like to have these these podcasts with guests of, of a, you know, of a time and that have that nostalgic chat. And there's such a common sure. story of like, like Will, Will Pugh, for instance, we spoke to Will of Cartel, like a, six months ago and yeah just that whole major label dream that is just like just, just isn't just doesn't work out right like, right yeah and like i said you could we knew all of our favorite bands have gone through the same stuff too and we just basically just followed right behind me like no we're gonna be different yeah. now you're not dude and, and, <laughs> and speaking of different obviously you massively changed the sound for that invicta record 
was that right. like a collective thing between all of you or was like management on board with that pushing you to do that or like did, did and, and then you know you work with a lot of songwriters in the build up to that I seem to remember you guys saying right so we had written so many songs for this you know a lot of it we started out writing you know a con- continuation of skip school you know mm-hmm. um and that's not what they wanted to hear and a lot of the songs that i did for that kind of ended up being thief club later right. on yeah. um, which you can tell you know yeah. obviously yeah. You, you can you can see the progression um but at the end of the day uh like i said writing with all those writers and stuff which was very cool and i learned a lot and i carry that with me now is so much knowledge of like different things you can do to songs to spice it up and things to keep in mind um but at the time you know once you're told no so, so many times, you're just like, I can't write songs anymore. <laughs> I can't, like, I don't know how to write songs. I, I don't know what I'm doing. You kind of, it's easy to lose yourself because you're trying to be something else anyway. You know, they're handing you papers every week with chart stuff. They're like, you guys can, we want you to be hit the lights, but, you know, look how Rise Against is doing. You know, mm-hmm. look how, look how Amberlynn is doing. These are mm-hmm. the bands closest to you. So we were writing a lot of these. <sighs> It's awful, isn't it? Just to be like, songs. they're almost just looking at like what's doing well in the charts and almost saying, look at this. We don't really know much about it in this genre, but this is doing well. So just try and do what they're doing. <laughs> and that's major labels, you know, in a nutshell anyway. They're going to f- try to find and put put on whatever fad's working, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's they're a big money machine. That's what it's about. Um, so with us, it made it a lot harder. Um, and I think Evicta eventually started coming around. You know, two of the guys wanted to kind of take it over into that area, um, a little little spacier and stuff. Yeah. And uh, some of us were still big on the riffs and stuff. So I, when you put that all together, you'll have songs like Gravity mm-hmm. or, um, you know, Earthquake, stuff like that, where you feel we really kind of embrace the spacey. We want to go for that anthemic yeah. um, songs that the NFL would play <laughs> on the <laughs> halftime yeah, yeah. recaps and stuff like that. Um and we figured, you know, we wanted that arena sound. We just figured that was the way to go to to make it bigger. So once we got released, thankfully, from Universal, um, we really couldn't go back to just trying to put out a, a pop punk album because we'd spend the past three years writing songs away from that, you know. And that's, you know, just one of the chances you take when you're... Um, you're a band who has a fan base expecting one thing and you release another. Some bands do that and they succeed. You know, brand new. They fucking sure. some bands yeah, can just yeah. do that. For us, um, it didn't work out as well. Um, I think a lot of people now g- getting older um, like Invicta a lot more. Yeah. Um, but I think we were always a little, little older than some of our fan base too. So right. we just kind of had to wait for people to kind of grow into that record. And so were you like fully on board with how it sounded at the time? Were you like, this is really good? And and if so, do you feel that way now about it? Or, or? yeah. I do. I, I don't think it was the right record that we should have released necessarily, but it was the only one that we could release with, with our experience and everything we'd been through. Okay. Um, I'm very proud of that record. I think that we really nailed the sound we were going for. Um, I just don't think it's, you know, when you spend four years not doing a record and coming from coast to coast and skip school, you yeah. have a fan base that wants to hear your sound because that's sure. what you, they like you for. Um, and we've always been a band that's more versatile than that. Um, so we really kind of flexed our muscles. We took a chance. We got to go in with uh, Machine, which is an amazing producer. Has done like Lamb of God and stuff. So yeah. he took over yeah, a lot of the harder songs. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then we went with Mike Sapone for another half, which done you know brand new. I'm skipping on a bunch of stuff. Either way, which you know we he was able to kind of like do that super raw, spacier sounds and uh, 
I don't think that the record in general is like the most cohesive because you can mm-hmm. kind of see, you can tell exactly what songs went with Machine, what songs went with Mike. Um, but the experience was wonderful, and I think that we we really got a lot of our um, cool ideas, song ideas, and stuff out. A lot of the concepts for those for those songs are are really out there, and I think it's really cool what we did. A lot of people refer to it as like our Hit the Lights on Weed album. Um, <laughs> Which jokes on you? We've always been on weed, so. <laughs> but maybe a lot more weed for that album. Um, but I'm very proud of that record. Like I said, I, I can listen to it, and uh, I love what we did. And um, like I said I, I think a lot of people are coming around to it more now as they gotten older, had more time, and uh, you know have learned to slow down a little bit. Some of the people, like the outside songwriters that came in, like I remember you said in an interview. I'm, I'm sure I read this at the time. Maybe you know. Again, apologies, I'm, I'm remembering it wrong. But like, sure. You said you did it with you, you tried to do some songwriting with Tim Pagnotta, but the vibe wasn't really there, which is I mean, and that's crazy how big a producer he is now, like with some of the stuff yeah. he's done, you know, like, yeah, at the time he was doing really well with uh, uh, uh neon oh neon trees, trees yeah, yeah, he was blowing the fuck up with them. Um, Tim, we we had Omar and I had two days with Tim uh, to write a song, first day. We could not see eye to eye on anything. Oh, really? I remember, like, okay. spent a whole day kind of picking way trying to write this song. I remember Omar and I driving back to our um, our hotel that night. We're just like, dude, this is rough. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go back tomorrow. And, uh, dude, the second day, whatever it was, we just fucking clicked off the bat and had the best best time. Oh, nice. Um, okay. With Tim. We came up with a song. It was a really cool song. We we never released it, obviously. But yeah, we came up with a really cool song and uh, had ended up having a great time with Tim, who's a fucking amazing dude. Um, we also did songs with like, is, Kenny Vasoli. Yeah, what's up? Say, I mean, maybe, maybe he went, went back home the same, the same night as you and Omar did and was just like, oh, fuck. Like, there's no doubt. There's no work. Like, I need to come back tomorrow with a different attitude. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt because like, it just, that vibe was not there. I just remember Omar and I just deflated that night. I was just like, God damn it, this is not working. And then whatever <laughs> happened the next day, dude, it was the best day. We had a great time and we just kind of, the song just kind of started to unfold. Um, so yeah, and we've got that song somewhere. People always ask if we're gonna release these songs. I really d- don't know. It obviously, wasn't a song that was like right to release, but I understand people would want to hear that because it's interesting. Like, yo, here's "Hit the Lights" and Tim Pagnata. Here's "Hit the Lights" Definitely. and Kenny Vasoli. Yeah. You know, we also did a song with Andrew McMahon as well. Oh, right, okay. Um, okay, which yeah. is a fun song, but it you know just wasn't right for for what we wanted to do. Oh, you've got to release these songs at some point. That's what everyone's Very saying. I, I will never say never say never. Where are you hiding them? Just in a in a box on a hard hard drive. <laughs> Got them on hard drive. It was funny. I was actually cleaning out my computer um, a month ago or so, and I so I was obviously backing everything up to a hard drive. So I was just going through memory lane of all these all these old files I had, all these old demos mm. and stuff too. It was revisiting a lot of them. It was neat. Well, keep keep that hard drive safe somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess fast forward then, obviously post Universal. I mean, was Summer Summer Bones the next? Yeah, it was yes. like three years later, yeah. wasn't it? So I mean, kind of yeah. Fast forward, kind of. I mean, where were you as a band at the time? Like, what were your ambitions? Were you? I mean, what were you all doing? And then, kind of, what led you into kind of Summer Bones? I guess. Yeah. So um, Invicta came out. We toured on it hard for a year, but we were very burnt out. Obviously, we didn't get the reaction we wanted. I think everyone was just. After the whole experience of all that, going through so many labels, so many contracts, all that stuff, uh, to have that be you know such a lackluster 
record just deflated us. We were done. Yeah. Um, we were just home. We didn't want to do anything. We took a year or two off. I moved to St. Louis. Um, and, you know, we just had time to to not do music, which absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absolutely. And um, Pure Noise approached us about putting out a record. Yeah. And um, I think at the time we were like, because we had talked about just breaking up officially, um, doing a last last hurrah. Um, and I think Omar and I were talking, we we're like, yo, let's, let's just go for it. Let's just make this record. Let's make a record that we want to make. Um, Kevin and I had had some really good riffs and stuff. We were just like, we just know exactly what we want to do with this. We want to make the perfect, uh, hit the lights says goodbye record. If anything, you know, at least we get in there and we make something, one more thing that we're proud of. Um, so everyone agreed. We got everyone to, uh, to, to work out their schedules. So it worked out. And we went and worked with Kyle Black, who was an insane producer. who had done a ton of my favorite records at the time. Um, just put out a killer comeback record, comeback kid record. And uh, we just basically went back to basics, stripped everything down. It was just us and Kyle in a you know in a room in California, just writing songs, just pure and simple, back to bones, which is kind of where the song "Summer Bones" came from. Yeah. Um, and you know, end up making my my favorite record to date. I I oh, love that record. I love the oh, okay. sound. Yeah. So that's it. That record came out. We did a little bit of touring, and that's when people in the band started having babies and stuff. I'm just like, well, time okay. to shut it down for yeah. a little bit. Babies need their daddies, and uh, you know, just thankful that we had that release. Um, and that's yeah, that's our our last true full band release for now. You came over here with Four Years Strong, I think, around the time of the release. Yes. And it, it's funny, um, you had, um, what's he called, Ben, Ben from Fastlane had to fill in for you a little bit. And like, I've, I've, like in some of my bands, I've played shows with Ben, and like, I think the last time I saw him was 2018. And like you, you'd recorded some vocals for his band Sharp Bones at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ben's a fucking he's, man. He's Yeah, saved. he's a lovely bloke. Yeah. So what happens when I come over to the UK, pretty much it happens nonstop. I always get a viral infection in my chest. So there's mm-hmm. something over there that just it like wipes me out. There's nothing I can do about it. It'll give me laryngitis and stuff, but it's just a viral infection that I had to just rest and let it get through me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's happened countless times before where I've barely been able to make it through tours. Um, that's why now if we go over, it's only for three or four days or something like Slam Dunk, which yeah. I know you know I can just stay away from everything. And even by then, four days in, I can I can feel that I get that infection. It's so bizarre. So thankfully, Ben was there to take over when I literally had no voice. Uh, and he did such a good job, too. <laughs> and saved my ass. Well, I, I saw you at the Camden show, so I think you just come back to take the reins. So I, you know, yeah. I knew he had been doing it, but I, I, I saw you doing it. Yeah, and it couldn't have, I, I wouldn't have, if I didn't have that time to rest that he gave me like those two days, you know, we couldn't have done it. There's mm-hmm. no way. Um, but just that two days alone, I was able to rest up, got cleared out of that infection. And uh, yeah, we're, we were able to finish the tour. Which I love, you know, Fastlane. I don't know how big of fans you guys are, but dude, Fastlane's the shit. I was, I was <laughs> like a big fan back in the day, yes. Oh, yeah. Still oh, my God. CD, about, yeah. yeah, I remember you being really into them, Nick. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Hey, hey, I like yeah. that um, Sharp Bones band. I don't know if they're still a thing now, because I know, you know, he, him, like many of us, you know, he's at an age where you don't have time to do it full time. So I think they, you know, right. just do the old recording here and there. But I think, I think they're pretty good. Well, it's nice when they have, you know, Matt, uh, Matt O'Grady, the guitarist of Fastlane, is an insane producer, done mm-hmm. stuff for uh, architects and shit like that. Yeah, so, like, yeah. he's, I, I talked to him on Instagram and stuff. Uh, we check in every once in a while, too, but the dude is just, uh, just insanely talented. 
So it's cool that you can have that. And Ben, who's a great vocalist in there too. And he just got some big riffers in there. It's just that band is never gets enough uh, credit as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, you guess, I guess you talked about that record being your farewell album and, you know, band having kids. And I guess what's, I guess what's everyone up to now, apart from kids? Like you, you talked the other day about doing kayak tours. Like, what's 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 life for everyone like now? Yeah, so we're all spread out. Um, Nate, my drummer, actually moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, which is like an hour and a half north of me, which is cool. So he's close enough now. I get to see him yeah. every once in a while. Um, Kevin lives in Nashville, um, where most of my friends live in Nashville now. It's like the new LA out here. Um, and then I've got Dave in Detroit. Uh, Omar is in Ohio and Kyle is in Ohio as well. So we're, we're pretty much spread out everywhere. So right. if you want to get us together, you know, it takes a lot of money. <laughs> and are they, I mean, are they all working in music or they all doing different, different. Yeah. So Kevin's playing guitar. Kevin's playing guitar in Joywave right now. Um, he does like writing and stuff on the side. Um, Kyle is in, um, Columbus. He's got, he just had another baby boy. He's got a girl and a baby boy. And uh, he is driving trucks right now. Um, Dave is in Detroit, and he is uh, a chef at a restaurant. He's a big cooking guy. He keeps me fat and happy. And uh, Omar has his own studio, Legacy Studios in Lima, Ohio, where he's been doing a lot of uh, kind of like folk and indie artists, uh, oh, yeah. making some really cool shit there. And uh, then Nate, say he's got his family. He's got three kids fucking maniac uh they have three kids in wilmington and he runs uh i think a a sprint store out there he's like he manages like a bunch of sprint stores and stuff so that's what they're up to now and then i'm down here um i do kayak tours sometimes on the side and write for bands and um yeah been doing doing my thing here with any any bands you've written for recently that you want to draw our attention sure well i mean like my first I've done a lot. I, I have a playlist now I can put on Spotify. You can <laughs> um, bands I'm working with currently are um, a band, there's a band called Gold Steps from Milwaukee that uh, wrote a bunch of songs with. We'll be going. I'll be going to do a video with them yeah, next I know, week. I, I, I know them. I know them. Yeah, they've got some new stuff coming out. Killer songs that are just uh, above and beyond uh, anything they've done before. Um, I worked with Forever Came Calling. Did a release with them called Retro Future. That is. So fucking good. If you love Forever Came Calling, you'll love it. It's great. Yeah, good songs. Um, and then a lot of bands that, you know, smaller bands that just like, hey, do you want to be on this? Do you want me to help out? And I'll, you know, kind of go in, tidy songs up or whatever, help them write stuff out. Um, Losers Club is a band that I just recently wrote for. They should have that song coming out soon. I know. I try to keep up and release them as, as, they, uh, as they go. But pretty random, sporadic, cool bands want me to do cool shit. And uh, yeah, I just, if it's cool, I say yes. <laughs> And you did you did a friend you did a song with one of our friends all the way I think you paid for it as part of your downright situation. Oh uh, right, yeah, yeah, no, no. You were actually <laughs> I was just going to ask you if you do any of the downright stuff anymore because me and a couple of friends got another friend a wedding gift. This was about five years ago now, and the, okay, you, yeah, you wrote. I know what song. you're talking about. Is it two towers, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Is that the song? Yeah, it did. That's it. Yeah, and it's 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 been funny talking to you this whole time because you look. Nick, uh, uh, wasting time. Nick, doesn't Nick look like Tommy Towers? He looks a bit That's, like Tommy Towers. Yeah. <laughs> no, he. I definitely look like him. You guys sent me pictures. I was like, yeah. "Yep." <laughs> that being said, I'm not the most like original. I'm like bald, <laughs> with a big nose and like a you know a, a, a beard. It's exactly not too and hard then, to then look the like me. Sleeves of tattoos and like yeah, exactly. <laughs> ironically, yeah. he's a huge hit, hit, 
He's a hit, huge hit the lights fan as well. Yeah, like, well yeah I remember seeing the picture. I was like, gift. yep, can't argue with that. <laughs> but yeah, I still do. So I still write songs for people and stuff too. I don't do it through Downright. I just do it through my own website now. Um, okay. Yeah. So people hire me every once in a while. I, I'll, I'll open those, like the song shop up every once in a while when I have a, a time in between projects. Um, so I recently opened it back up. I've got some songs working on for people. And, um, you know, good. maybe if they're okay with it, I'll share them. Um, but I haven't done it in a while, so it's nice to get back into it, and it's good songwriting uh, yeah. exercise as well. You see, you see, see a lot more of that now as well, just online, and uh, you know, I think we. The, what's the site, Chris? That the Magnolia Park were. Oh, using? Fe- Fe- Featured X. Yeah, yeah. Sex, yep. yeah, there's a lot of like opportunities now to like. Yeah, you should with. you should get get yourself on that, Nick. I reckon a lot of people. I, I am. Want to oh, you on it? Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Yep gotten things through there but yeah it's fun it's cool it's you know especially the the writing songs for the people it's such a a beautiful opportunity where you know you get to make something for someone that you know they're really gonna like and at the same mm-hmm. time you know you're getting to getting to uh get a view into their life you know i loved to i love for people i just always tell them give me every fucking detail you can give me whatever list list what the song is about you know give me don't skimp out on any details. A lot of times, if maybe for a wife or something like that. Sure, sure. Um, and it's really cool getting to uh, be inside someone else's head or seeing uh, something through someone else's eyes and trying to write to that um, is a really, really good uh, songwriting exercise and something I really like to do is just uh, getting involved and becoming someone else for a little bit. It's great. Cool. Go on, wasting time, Nick. Quick. I don't want to wasting jump time, ahead Nick. of you. No, I was just going to, yeah. It feels like a good, good point to wrap up. Unless you got yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, maybe just before we go, we we'll just talk a little bit more about because um, at the start you mentioned the most recent Thief Club release, um, Holy City, was like the first one that's just all recorded by yourself. Uh, yeah. that's, that's come out really recently. So like, let's let's do a bit of a plug for that, and then I guess I sure. just want to ask about future. Thief Club releases we might expect because I'm I'm assuming we're not getting any Hit the Lights releases imminent. There's we're, we're we're in talks now. Okay, so okay, we think it's okay. about time to to, to get something else Good out news. there. It feels about right. Some some of the babies are getting a little older, and we can uh, take some time off. It's really just a matter of you know being able to clear you know two weeks off to really commit yourself to do it. You know, sure, sure. Um, because I think we all get the best stuff when we're all working off each other, and. Uh, you know, it's it's hard. Everyone's got their own little lives and stuff. So, making time for that and getting a time when everyone can get together and do that is really the only um, barrier we have. And once we get yeah. that through, um, but everyone wants to do it. And uh, like I said, it's about time for us to to get something else out there. So any any pop punk stuff that I'm writing or in that vein, we'll all go to to the Hit the Lights Fund. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, don't know when that'll be yet, but we're working out. Yeah, because like this this. You know, a lot of the more recent Thief Club stuff, I feel, is like moved away from the because obviously you've done a lot of pop punk sounding stuff with Thief, right? Thief Club, but um, I feel like this it's been moving away from that a little bit. That it has, and I think that's I finally got a uh, a hold on where I actually want to take Thief Club. I have a a whole concept idea, so I'll probably release like maybe a uh, a three song release with some videos and stuff now too. I have some really cool opportunities to make some really really wild video concepts and uh, i'm going to utilize that too and uh yeah just really just go for it with the club stuff get as weird as i want 
uh, with that, in a, and it's going to be a very different direction, but I think once you hear it, it's all like, okay, I see how this has slowly started to move over to this. It makes sense. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think unless there's anything else you want to add, wasting time, Nick. It's feeling weird saying that now. Um, we we <laughs> yeah. could probably just start to wrap things up now, I think, because uh, we've taken a lot of your time, Nick. Um, I'm here for it, man. I appreciate you guys having me. No, it's been a blast, though, man. I've, uh, yeah, I want to do this one for a while, so this has been cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and if, obviously, a UK trip, a few shows are ever on the table, then, yeah, definitely. Yo, Slam Dunk has, has, has dropped yeah. the ball on us, inviting us the past couple of years. I don't know what's going on, but uh, maybe if we uh, put some new stuff out, too, that would help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, true. you know, being a band again. 